In this week's episode of Along the Keel, I sit down with the founder of Nomadics. After a cross-country road trip, four friends found themselves packed tight in their 1998 Subaru Outback, racking their brains for a high-quality product that was able to do more with less. And after some R&D, passion for travel, and sustainability, they found themselves landing on Nomadics, a catch-all towel made from 100% post-consumer recycled materials and ready for any adventure. That and more on this week's episode of Along the Keel. But before I go, we thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on social at Along the Keel and our website, alongthekeel.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. Thank you and enjoy the show. Nomadics has kind of become this this brand who it, it seems as though, and I know this isn't true, right? Because all businesses have a long, you know, a longstanding uh, time period, right? Where it's like growing and and figuring out who you are as a business and a person. It's just there's a lot that goes on, but you know, you and your buddies came together and kind of created this unique company and brand and, and towel business that you know is now what seems to be just everywhere. You know, I, every, it feels as though every time I look for that coastal, you know, towel, you know, yoga mat, whether it's on a boat, on a beach, it points right to pneumatics. So, you know, I'm just curious as to who you are to start out because, you know, so much of a brand is really a representation of you, you know, and I know you're, you're someone who likes to travel a lot, but I'm kind of curious behind the story as to how you guys came together and then why did you guys pick towels? Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm Zach Helminiak. I, uh, I come from the East Coast originally, um, grew up in Virginia, um, went to Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, and then after, after college, um, I decided to go to... Um, Colorado to work on Obama's campaign as a full-time volunteer coordinator. And um, at the end of the campaign, we were in Colorado and we were like, why not go um, go to the mountains and, and try a season as ski bums? Mm-hmm. And so we did that. And uh, my Craigslist roommate from that experience was Chase, one of my co-founders. So and, hold on. Um, Craigslist roommate? What do you, what is, what's the story behind that? Well, I mean, we were, you know, we were going to, uh, we had to live. Um, so it was me and my friend that I worked on the campaign with, and we went out there and you had to, you know, find your own housing. And so we found a house and we need to put some more roommates in it. So we found two folks on Craigslist that wanted to be in our house as well. And one of those people was, was Chase, one of my co-founders. Okay. And, um, so we spent all winter together, you know, as strangers at first, and then we skied together, you know, most days and uh, just had lots of crazy times um, that you have as a ski bum. Yep. And um, then my other uh, co-founder, um, Hunter, was working uh, coincidentally there at the same time, and he was dating a friend of mine from high school. And so we met Hunter through her. and. Um, the we we all became really good friends and it kind of culminated on this road trip through utah and that's kind of where we got the idea for for a company that makes versatile outdoor gear 
Interesting. Very interesting. So now if we kind of back it up to, you know, the point where, you know, you growing up being an outdoorsy kind of guy, right? I mean, you grew up, what was it? It was Virginia, correct? Yep. 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 So growing up in Virginia, was this something that, you know, being in the outdoors was always something that you were drawn to or like, were you an ocean guy, a mountain guy? What was, what was the backstory there? No, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs, um, in Fairfax, Virginia, and, um, my, my entire childhood was yes, being outdoors, but mainly playing sports, you know, mm-hmm. going, we had like a Creek down, um, in our neighborhood. So like all the neighborhood kids would like go down the Creek and, you know, mess around down there, um, mm. playing basketball, playing soccer. And then in high school, I played, I played sports every season, um, wrestling, soccer, football and cross country in, in, uh, alternating seasons. Okay. Um, and so the outdoorsy stuff really didn't come until, you know, it was, I mean, it, I had definitely gone on hikes and gone camping, but I wasn't like an outdoorsman by any, by any stretch. Um, sure. we did have a lot of, uh, exposure to like coastal regions because my, um, my dad's family is all from Baltimore, Maryland, Maryland. They were all Polish immigrants and they, um, eventually made their way out into the, to the Eastern shore of Maryland. And, um, they were, uh, originally they were watermen and they would catch oysters and put them on trains out to the Midwest. Um, particularly they would send, they would send all their oysters on ice trains to Indiana for whatever reason. Indiana. Um, Yeah. And then my, uh, my, (laughs) my great grandfather was a, a captain, a boat captain. Um, and he was in the Navy and traveled all over the world. And so we do have that, that like, uh, coastal culture of like going to my grandparents' house and which is on the water on both sides and they would catch crabs and we'd have crab feasts and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the more outdoorsy exposure really came when I moved to Colorado and started skiing and, and hiking more and went on camping trips. I, I mean, I didn't even have all the gear until then. Right. Right. Yeah. So you got some, you got some salt in your veins. That's for sure. I mean, your dad, your grandfather, grandfather being a captain, I can imagine a salty, you know, salt peppered beard, right? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, he's <laughs> just, no, he's a, he's a clean shaven Navy guy. Uh, oh, okay. So he was legit captain. Okay. Yeah. He, a he was, uh, kept a, kept a log of all of his activities every single day of his adult life. Like he was, he was a, cool. a, a true Navy captain. Awesome. So you, you make your way out to Colorado and then this is kind of where your eyes get opened up to, you know, hiking, skiing, mountain biking, I can imagine. I mean, Colorado seems to be kind of this, it's always been an incredible place just out West in general, but it's gained a lot in popularity. I have friends that live out there and, you know, you see pictures of them all the time, just hiking and mountain biking. And was there a reason why you chose Colorado or is it just because the campaign? Yeah, the campaign was, and I wasn't even uh, involved in politics um, before that, but um, the, I, my friend said that there was an opportunity at that particular, um, 
location because we had a house to stay out there and it was a swing state. And so mm-hmm. we went there specifically because Colorado had a need for, you know, people to canvas and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but it was really fortunate because Colorado is also one of the most beautiful and outdoorsy states. Um, so it was just kind of serendipitous that it happened there. Um, we were, we were staying in Evergreen and we were working in, um, Morrison, um, on the campaign. And then we just drove out to right, right when the campaign was ending, we, we drove out to Vail and walked into a shop and said, you know, Hey, do you guys need any help for the, for the winter? And they made us both assistant managers on the spot. And wow. We, I had never like fitted a a boot or, you know, (laughs) uh, you know, inform someone on what kind of skis they want and like, you know, what kind of, uh, what their ability of skiing is and and the type of length and, and, uh, camber of the skis and all that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was just like, it just felt like it happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You show up and all of a sudden you're like, you can be an assistant manager. You're like, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, you'll figure it out. All right. Come on. Come, come see. Exactly. It reminds me a lot about, um, so I, when I moved, I lived in the big Island of Hawaii and you know, when I first moved out there, I showed up to, it's like, I'm, I was a boat, I'm a boat captain. So, you know, I showed up and I was like, well, where do captains and people that need, you know, to go on the water, where do they go? And they go to a Marine shop. So I went to the local Marine store, six pack of beer in hand, put it on the desk and go, who needs help around here? And all of a sudden I had a job like, day two on the island like all right i gotta figure this out you know um so very reminiscent of kind of your story and you go on this road trip now where did you guys go on the road trip having spent a lot of time out west i mean there's just so much to go see so where was it that you guys went yeah so we started the road trip um kind of open-ended with the goal of getting to california eventually and um, so we started in the Denver area, camped in the Rocky Mountain National Park a little bit. Um, and then we headed to Utah and we hit all the national parks that eventually lead to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we, we hit five of the parks there. Um, and we had packed all of our belongings, essentially, into this old 1998 Subaru Outback. <laughs> and uh, it was not only the camping gear that we needed in the desert, but it was also like all of our skis and snowboards and uh, you know winter gear and helmets and everything was in this car along with the passengers. And so it was extremely tight in there and we just had so much crap and that is really where we got the idea for nomadics because we we realized that we kind of had lots of activity specific gear and mm-hmm. so for instance you you would have a backpack that's good for um skiing but you wouldn't necessarily take that same backpack on you know a 5 day camping trip right because um, you have different needs and so we took some of those those concepts of like having such activity specific gear and we started to look at it and say what if we could just have one of each thing that would be so versatile that you could use it for everything Mm -hmm. and um we talked about that you know around um 
I don't think we had campfires too often in the desert there, but um, when we did, you know, we'd sit, we'd sit around the fire and we'd be talking about these ideas and, and how we could uh, make something like that. And then by the time we got to California, there's all these activities that have built up, not only camping and, you know, in the winter in, in ski resorts, you know, you're going in hot tubs and hot springs and you need a towel there. But also in California, you have surfing, you have yoga, you have year round fitness because it's nice enough every day pretty much to go on a run or whatever. And so sure. we identified a towel as that as that first thing that like it just didn't exist. We had yoga towels, but they had little dots on the bottom and you could not dry off with the thing because it was just mm. weird. Um, I had taken the microfiber camping towels that existed at the time around the world i had taken them on the camping trips and they just got totally disgusting by the end mm -hmm. um and then you had your beach towel which is a cotton terry beach towel which is totally fine but you cannot take that on a trip to europe you can't take it on a camping trip it's just too big too right. bulky and so we were just like let's solve that problem and and that's what we did interesting so you know, I feel as though I, I love how that that story kind of fits and out of all the way out of all the things you guys kind of chose, you went with the towel. But how did you guys come to that decision? I mean, you, if you were on a road trip for I'm assuming it was probably well over a month um, of you being in this, you know, tight packed caravan. What other ideas were you guys coming up with, you know, that was seemingly trying to solve the same problem? You know, I wish I could remember. Um, it it would be pretty much anything we were using. We would analyze it and say, "Hey, what if this could also do this?" You know. So I imagine we probably did it with a camp stove. Um, we probably did it with you know our shoes. Like, what if yep. like why do we need this bulky hiking boot? What if we had you know a trail runner that was also waterproof and breathable and you know et cetera. Um, yeah. so it's really like, it's kind of built into all of our, as co-founders mentalities to continually, uh, analyze things like that. And I mean, when we, when we travel now, um, particularly Chase and I like Chase more so than me, like if you look at his gear, I mean, it's like, we're running pretty minimal and we have like very carefully curated things in our kits right. that right. serve particular functions and are as small as they can be and light as they can be and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it seems as though almost every person for some reason brings that, although you want to be the lightest and, you know, have the smallest kit. Like I go, I go hiking with my buddy drew a lot, long distance backpacking trips and I carry a jet boil. Now he in you know, a jet boil, right? They're small, they're compact. They all fit into one thing, but he likes the MSR like, stoves and then he has like a little pot yeah. so everyone has their yeah. own flavor and how they want to do things and it's you know very reminiscent of how nomadics you guys kind of span a lot of different designs and in ways of use and and but yet it's still this one towel you know and i find that to be very interesting but i gotta ask like out of all the national parks you guys saw which which one was your favorite um i mean the so i mean zion was really incredible um mm -hmm. but I, i'll say my funniest moment was um or my most memorable moment was in arches national park so we were okay. actually pretty green to the to the 
lay of the land at these national parks. And yeah. we didn't realize what the camping rules were. So no. we, we arrived at Arches National Park in, um, at like, call it 10 p.m. It's pitch black out. There's no cars at the parking lots um, because it's closed. But we were able to drive right up to one of the trails and park at one of the trails. And then it's pitch black. We don't have a map. We don't know where the trails are. So we just hike in a little bit and sure. go behind a rock and like set up camp. Yeah. And uh, the next morning, and we, you know, we thought we, we were pretty clever for finding this amazing camping spot. The next morning we unzip our tent and there's like a lot, like a Chinese tour bus has pulled up oh. and there's like a line of tour tourists walking right in front of our campsite. And wh- where we had, yeah, where we had camped was actually right on one of the main trafficked like trails. It was not a, a campsite that was permitted. It was just like right in the middle of everything. Was the trail paved? Like, was it one of those paved trails or like yeah, wicked wide? Close. It was well, it was well trodden and, uh, and, uh, That's we, awful. we should have, uh, we should have been able to identify that that was not a good camping spot, but we were, we were, uh, we thought we were pretty clever and had found like an amazing view and everything. Yeah. Well, you know, if it was an amazing view, you know, regardless, right. It was a great spot. It, it's, I got a, I had a similar, um, event where my buddy and I, um, we went on off the trail a little bit because it was really late. And uh, we kind of had mismanaged the way we were doing things. And all of a sudden we hike in because we got to hang our bear bags and we lost our, our bearing. So we're kind of hiking around the middle of Yellowstone and we're like, all right, we, we finally made it back to the car and we hiked back in because the keys to the car are mm-hmm. in, you know, in our bags. And I'm like, let's just stay in the car. Let's just stay in the car. He's like, I'd love to stay in the car but the keys are now in our tent. Now we have to go find our tent again. It was just a total mess, but it was like right off the trail. So totally can relate to, you know, being dazed and confused in the middle of the night in a national park. Yeah. Um, But as you kind of make your way to the coast, it seems as though this idea formulated through that, that trip. Right. And, and as I've looked through nomadics and kind of learned about your story, you know, I I watched an awesome video, which I'll link below about you guys going to, I believe it was Spain. I could be wrong. Um, but it was you and your founders going on that biking trip. Oh, that was, was, uh, to Colombia. Colombia. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it seems to me you're big into coffee as well. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm not I w- I'm not like a uh, aficionado or anything, but I I went to Colombia and spent a lot of time in South America, and so I learned about it. And um, let's just say like I don't uh, you know drink instant coffee. You know I try you to get you like nice coffee Dunkin when I drink it. <laughs> You're not a Dunkin' yeah. Dunkin' Donuts kind of guy. <laughs> awesome. No, so their, their no. coffee is surprisingly good, actually. But oh, yeah, okay. I. Uh, All right. <laughs> Yeah, but I I try to uh find like uh interesting coffees to drink. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. A friend of mine has a coffee shop, so he's always like, you know, trying to pawn me off some new new coffee. But, you know, throughout this whole journey of kind of figuring out nomadics and 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 to the best of my ability, it seems as though travel 
really is the a large component of what you guys do and what you guys stand for, right? And and rightfully so. Like you guys have kind of made a one-stop towel that fits a lot of different, you know, uh, facets of life, whether it's fitness, the beach, surfing, the whole bit. So as you make your way to the coast and you end up in California, where was it? Where was the turning point where it was like, okay, we have this idea. What's the next step? Yeah. So a lot of time passed between our ideation there and actually making um, some moves towards making it real. Um, so after that, after that trip, um, Hunter moved to California, Chase moved to Seattle, and uh, and I moved back to DC um, and ultimately to Thailand. So I went to Thailand for a year. Um, Chase and Hunter eventually moved, uh, became roommates in California. Um, then when I came back from Thailand, I started working at the State Department for about two years. Um, and I had a job that was uh, basically I was deployed to embassies abroad to consult on their consular systems. And um, so it was a super cool travel job. And yeah, uh, going to Thailand and and not to kind of get sidetracked, but sure, that's a very interesting job to kind of to have. And then all of a sudden turn to into entrepreneurship, you know, which in I see it seems like in a lot of ways probably has a lot of crossover, you know, thinking kind of creatively and 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 dealing with people that can't speak the same language, solving problems, you know, dealing with governments. Like what exactly can you explain more about that the job that you had over there? Um, yeah. So when I, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> so when I was, I, I moved to Thailand to become a English teacher for a year. Um, and so that was a separate thing and, um, was totally amazing and got to travel all over Asia, um, during my vacations there. Um, and then when I, uh, basically it was decided that I should, uh, get a real job, quote unquote. And so, um, my, I had friends that were working on the State Department contract. And when I moved back to DC, I got a job on the State Department contract because um, one of the biggest criteria for it was that you can handle yourself in a um, developing country. Um, because in that contract, you get deployed to you know, um, some more sketchy places. And mm-hmm. so the, the job was really cool. Basically, um, we would uh, get sent to Indonesia to Central Asia. I got I got sent to Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan, um, Nicaragua, Argentina, so all all over the world. And we would um, go and train the locally employed staff, um, so local Argentines working the embassy on the latest you know developments on making passports and how to identify fraud and all that kind of thing. Um, we would also set up systems um so like set up computer systems at embassies and and things like that um so that that job was super amazing we got to travel um lots of cool places um you know you you get put up in nicer hotels because you're working on a government contract and they have to be secure hotels Mm -hmm. sometimes you get taken around in armored vehicles and and uh it was uh we got deployed to places that I would never have um, thought to go. Like for instance, 
Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan. Mm. Um, and so that was like a totally incredible experience. Um, and I did get to meet a lot of interesting people and, and, uh, kind of like get super comfortable talking with people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually that contract, um, shifted towards, uh, towards, um, online learning to, to like stop so much flying around the world. And right. when that happened, um, simultaneously, Chase and Hunter were out here in California and said, Hey, remember that idea for nomadics? Well, I think we're going to give it a go. Why don't you move out here? And, um, I basically moved out, uh, to California and it was a matter of six months before we had, uh, a prototype that Chase had been working on for a long time mm-hmm. and we were shooting a Kickstarter video and, um, and then, you know, kind of just went full force in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting job to kind of go from one direction to the other. And I can imagine there's so much cross pollination and things that you've learned with your, your times overseas and dealing with a lot of different people that you can now apply to nomadics. Is there something that kind of sticks out to you um, now having kind of obviously been working with nomadics and not with, but on nomadics and then looking back at your time, uh, going to different embassies across the world. Um, I think that, well, for one, uh, travel and travel to that many different places. Um, you know, I would meet not only a lot of local people, but a lot of, um, a lot of tourists and, and backpackers and travelers. And so, um, I did get tons of use cases for a towel. Um, so like, you know, in Thailand, I know how a backpacker lives and how they would use a towel and um, how many, how many, you know, reasons there are for someone to have a towel with them on those trips. Um, so that is definitely really helpful in, um, you know, me providing commentary on, on how important a towel is and, and how to speak to that audience and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, and then, you know, we do work with vendors overseas. We do work with international distributors. And so um, I think, I think travel is just, is just one of the most important things you can do for any, for any uh, job and for any life skill. And so the ability to have context around the world and around global events and what people are like in, in different countries, I think is just tremendously important no matter what your job is. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, you know, I haven't traveled too much out of the United, out of the United States, just haven't had that opportunity yet, but I've traveled to, I think 40 out of all 50 States so far. Um, Mm -hmm. and with plans to go to all 50, um, and you learn a lot. And then you also realize that people are people, you know, no matter where they come from, it's just, everyone speaks a different everyone some people have a a different accent you know they say different words and 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 but at the end of the day it's it's really just you know being able to connect with someone over the simplicity of the outdoors or the ocean and and it's kind of finding those little niches across the united states that i've found and made the best relationships with you know um one example of that would be like just again going back to being a captain you go to hawaii 
there's people there that love the water. So immediately you get, you know, kind of pushed into that, that culture over there. Whereas if you just kind of sat in an office and didn't do much, you probably wouldn't connect with so many people, you know? And I think that's yeah. really at, at its core from what I looking on the inside out, I'm sorry, outside in at nomadics is the towel is kind of the great connector, right? That like, if you're into the outdoors, if you're into the water, yoga, fitness, you go to nomadics as that, that place to kind of connect with other travelers, right? So as you kind of started to create your brand nomadics, like walk me through those initial steps of, okay, you got a towel, but how'd you get this type of towel? And and why is your towel different from the towel that I get up the street, you know? And I mean, obviously there's a, a lot of benefits to your towel versus the towel that I use, you know, to dry off for the shower, but there's so many different, you know, ways you guys went about it to make your brand unique. And then I'm also curious, like nomadics, what do you, where did that come from? Where was, where was the name? And I know I threw a lot at you, but. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, I'll start with the towel. So, I mean, when, when we were making the towel, we basically, uh, we used some like basic concepts and married them. So it's like, okay, these are the things that it has to do for it to be a yoga towel. Mm. These are the things that it has to do to be viable as a towel that you take on a trip. Um, and then in between, this is what it has to do for going to the pool, going to the beach, um, just basic functionality for being around water. And so mm. you look at like, okay, we have to be testing it for yoga and saying, if it's on a yoga mat, do you slip on it? Does it absorb enough water? Um, does it fit properly over a yoga mat? Those types of things. Uh, for travel, can you pack it up small? Is it light enough to justify taking it? Um, is it, will it hold up over, you know, a long period of time? If you get it dirty, if you get it, um, if you leave it out, if you, stuff it in your bag and it's and it's wet will it stink these types of yeah. things and then um for the beach it's like how much sand sticks to it how absorbent does it dry you off does it feel nice on your skin that kind of stuff and so sure. once we we kind of kept iterating on all these different ideas and kept testing and eventually we landed on a material that accomplished all those things and i mean we, I think it's like, you know, if you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you're, you're an expert. And that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of the concept here. It's like, we, we just got so um, nerdy on the performance of a towel that we made a towel that is, that is the best towel in our yeah. opinion. This is the most functional towel you can have. Um, mm -hmm. And so that, that was really the process. And it took, I mean, Chase is our, um, our product guy and our design guy. And so, um, he did all the legwork, um, when it came to like sampling and sampling and, and making sure that our vendors were, you know, moving in the right direction. And then, um, and then ultimately we had a product that was, that was ready and tested and, um, we put it on Kickstarter when it was, when it was ready to go. Yeah. And how long was that process? Do you think? So um, Chase started sampling um, about two years before um, before we launched on Kickstarter. So he was he was working on it for a long time, um, and he has become 
quite expert in that um, now too. Um, You're saying so it was it was about two. What's up? He can make a damn good towel is what you're saying. <laughs> he can make a towel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, we all had full-time jobs during this and it was like a side thing. Will it work? We don't know. You know, we're just going to test it out. And then, you know, we put it on, when we put it on Kickstarter, we're like still, we still have full-time jobs for quite a while after that too. So you're doing that, that side hustle um Mm -hmm. thing and and really you know working at night and working during the day and it's it's really uh it feels it feels like a lot of energy and and a lot of like excitement around it i remember we we filmed the kickstarter and i filmed it and edited it and so i am i have a scheduled trip to go to europe um like for a vacation that i took vacation off from my my real job at the time and so mm-hmm. we have to get this video done before I go on vacation. And I very distinctly remember pressing submit at like midnight the night before I have to go to LAX and get on the plane and won't be able to mm-hmm. edit this video anymore. And we were just like, that's, that's as good as it's going to get. We're pressing submit right now. And then I got on the plane and I checked Kickstarter in like Poland or something. And I just remember like, thinking oh wow when i get home i have a whole different thing to deal with than before yeah it, very interesting and and to see that that trip was almost the defining moment of like sink or swim like let's let's see what full send you know click okay and then coming home yeah. what was the what was you, you know you mentioned I have a different thing to come home to, you know, like I now have this child that I have to take care of almost. And, and what was that like coming back? Was it full steam ahead? And, and at what point did you say, okay, day job, like let's take the leap, you know? Um, so we were, we were working our day jobs still for quite a while after that. Um, but yeah, when we got home, it was like, okay, now we're producing, the amount of towels that we pre-sold and, and we're pre-selling, um, to shops. And so, you know, I started doing a lot of things that I had never done before. Like, um, I would just get in the car with samples and drive around to random stores that I had, I didn't even shop at before. I didn't know they existed before. And now I was like, okay, where can we sell a towel? And so mm-hmm. the fir- one of the first accounts that um, I opened up with these Kickstarter samples was Seed People's Market, which is a kind of really trendy shop in, in Newport Beach or in Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, so, yeah, it was just like uh, when when I got home, a lot of things like that were happening. It's like, OK, now we have responsibilities to these customers. We're communicating over Kickstarter. We're pre-selling. We're producing. And then I think it was in December, January, when all the product came in and we were shipping it out. It was like, you know, 10 p.m. and we're in Hunter's garage and we're just packing orders with all of our friends. And and that was like the first order that went out. We still have a photo of of the of the car full of products. It was one of the car loads that we took to the post office that next day. 
he says one of the carloads. That's awesome. And, and, you know, those moments where you were kind of in your garage pick packing, like with your buddies and, you know, obviously now things have changed, right? You guys have a space and it's, you know, nomadics is more established and so on and so forth. But in some ways, I mean, when you look back on those moments and where you are now, what has been some like the one of the biggest factors into getting you to where you are now? Like the thing that you learned that you're like, oh man, that is the the limiting factor from where we started to where we are now. Um I think that I think the thing that that kept us going is was patience and frugality. So we 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 started it knowing that we might not pay ourselves a salary for like five years. Like that was a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um and when we did it would be a pretty measly salary just to get by. Um Mm -hmm. and then we also were incredibly scrappy and in, in a lot of ways we still are in that we did everything in the garage and and we sp- didn't spend any money on advertising we mm. you know got a sales rep and and paid commission on sales and and we just really we didn't we didn't bring on any investors because it was too early and we didn't have enough sales to justify getting giving up that much of the company and so being being scrappy from the start, I think, and and being incredibly patient, saying like, okay, this this could really take a long time, was um, was important for for having the uh, endurance to get to where we are today. Um, and then I also think that like instilling that scrappiness um, in our employees by continuing to be kind of scrappy is important for the patients right now. And so like, for instance, when we get a container at our warehouse, all of us co-founders are out there unloading the container with the warehouse team and we're staying late and putting the, yeah. And putting the boxes away. And then we're, if we're behind on shipments, we're back there packing shipments with everyone. And um, I think that, I think that that kind of thing is, is really important to to not take your eye off the ball and not and and to realize and and recognize that you are still a small company you you the race is not over we we still have to really put effort into this to make it continue to succeed yeah yeah it's you know i learned from uh someone who's also been on the show who i worked with uh sherry who Multi, she bought her first house in cash at age 20, you know, and came from nothing and moved to California. She has an awesome story. And, you know, even to this day, she's someone that has, you know, rips in her rips in her pants. She does everything herself. Like she'll be out there painting the wall and, you know, she's a multi multi-millionaire, right? And she has, she's very successful. And, you know, it, it's, it's that scrappy mentality of, you know, well, why would I hire someone else to do it when I can do it? You know, and why do you think people start to get away from that? You know, and 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 kind of, I guess, lean into comfort, if you will. 
Um, I mean, I, I think it's a totally understandable thing to do. It's just um, a lot of times premature. Um, but I mean, every situation is different. So, um, I right. mean, if you've worked really hard, then it's totally understandable to want to cash in and enjoy the fruits of your labor. And, and, um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think if that's what's right and that's what makes people happy, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, oh, I totally. but yeah, but if you're, if you have, you know, aggressive goals and you, uh, and you are in love with the process of the business and you really, you like for, for us, the excitement of growing the business is, is rewarding in and of itself. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's, that's, what's right for us. You know, I think it's, it just depends on what makes you happy in, in running your business. Yeah. And you know, I always, I think one word that I associate scrappy with is authentic you know, and the authentic, the authenticity of like, you're one of the founders and you're going back there and, you know, ripping products out of containers, pick packing and shipping. Like, you know, it's really a team effort here. And I think at its core, I mean, nomadics truly is that, you know, grassroots, you know, you guys bootstrapped a lot and you guys went through Kickstarter and it's kind of what you put in is what you've got now. And it's obviously, you know, shown to be very successful. So, you know, in its essence, why do you think nomadic stands for the outdoors and the ocean and travel? Like if you could wrap nomadics up into like a sentence or two in your ethos, what is it that draws you towards those things and, you know, keeps the authenticity on, you know, the top tier? Because a lot of times I think people, when they, when they lose that scrappy mentality and not to say everyone, right. Cause sometimes it's deserved, um, to kind of lean into comfort a little bit as you grow and scale, they lose that authenticity, you know, and they lose that, that touch towards taking and packing boxes, you know, which is kind of like a basic necessity. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's really one of the biggest challenges in running a business is to maintain your authenticity and to, uh, continually remind yourself of what, the business stands for and, and, um, and also what it can be at the same time. So, I mean, our ethos is own less, do more. And I think that that's a really important thing to remind ourselves, um, of because the, you know, the, the motivating factor, um, and I think, you know, Chase and Hunter might have their own motivating factors or their own ideas of what it was, um, Mm -hmm. at the beginning, but like the, the idea for me was to have a have have products and have a lifestyle that would allow me in one backpack to go and this is something that I actually did and that I always keep in mind i I lived in Thailand, I would be on the beaches and scuba diving and rock climbing in in that environment, and then mm-hmm. with that same backpack, I flew to India, backpacked. Calcutta, Delhi, Varanasi, Jaipur, and then crossed the border into Nepal. And then I did, you know, I was in the Himalayas and hiked the Annapurna um, trek, which is a 13 day trek and it's cold and it's in the Himalayas. And, and so the idea that you can have 
and own less, do more lifestyle and have fewer possessions and go to all these places and really spend your money and time and attention and energy on those things instead of, you know, what's so easy to fall back into, which is the sedentary lifestyle and the consumerism and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, constantly buying things you don't need and upgrading things. And, um, so it's really hard to remind yourself of that, but I think that for me, it's the, it's the phrase own less, do more. And it's the idea, the ideas that I had when I was in those moments driving across the country in, in Utah with Chase and Hunter or hiking in the Himalayas or, or, you know, scuba diving and just feeling so free and feeling like I was on an open-ended ticket at all times. It's like I could go further if I wanted to, I could go anywhere. And that's the, that's the idea. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, travel, travel does that, right? It's that feeling of, you know, the world is your oyster. And and a lot of times I think people get wrapped up in the daily grind, the daily schedule, you know, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to come home, eat, do it all again the next day. Right. And then you only have, you know, most people only have those two days on the weekend to really go explore, you know, and typically people just kind of hang out, you know, they don't take advantage of what's in my backyard. You know, like if I can make a trip to, you know, for me, like if I can make a trip to New Hampshire, let me make a trip to New Hampshire, right? It's a two hour ride, but we can still do it and see what else is out there. So I love that mentality of like own less, do more. Cause in a world where, you know, Instagram is always trying to sell you something, there's so much consumerism around us. It's nice to have a brand that kind of, you get, you're trying to sell something, but you're trying to sell a, a bigger message, right? You're, you're selling, you're almost kind of in a way outselling what you're doing, right? I mean, because you're, you're selling a product, but you're also selling the idea of, well, you only need one, you know, we don't, we don't need a whole plethora of towels for everything. You just need one towel to do its job really, really well, you know? And I think that's a great address to a great brand that's going to last, but at the same time also produce a great product. So as you guys have kind of grown and where we sit now, how is it that every time I'm on Instagram or I'm on the internet or I always see nomadics, you know, and that's kind of how I found you. And then we got in touch via James Merrill from Opolis Optics and so on and so forth. So what is it that you guys have done differently to stand out, you know, above everyone else? Um, well, uh, I'll say that from my, where I said it, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't always feel like we, we do stand out necessarily or that we are special in any way. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we do a lot of, um, a lot of work to, to continually, um, reinforce the brand. But I think that one thing that is from, in my opinion, really nice about, um, nomadics is that we started on Kickstarter and we have these, these fans that have been with us for seven years now and these people in in my experience seem to be very loyal to the brand and really loyal to what we stand for and some of them still have the same towel they bought on kickstarter and love it and um and so that's that's a big part of it uh the own less do more message really resonates with people um because you know you know people are very smart they totally are are over the consumerism and the, and the, 
and the uh, you know the constantly in your face um, you know message that consumer brands put out there. And so that's that really resonates with people. Um, I think that the quality of the product and the quality of the designs is a huge factor. People will you know browse for the product that really fits their style and their and their personality and they'll they buy it and they love it and they want to tell their friends about it. Um, so we see that all the time. And then we also encourage our fans to, and our customers to, um, to tell us about what they, what they're doing. And so, you know, people will take our more so during pre COVID than, than during COVID, but they'll take their towel to South America and send us photos of it. They'll take our, our towel to Asia and send us photos of it. And so I think that it's like, it is a really good opportunity to connect with people. If you make a product that is for their trip, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is for you to take and go have fun with and tell us about it when you get back. Cause we just want to hear about it. Um, right. And then we also have like, we do everything in house um, for the most part. And so our customer service is done by our office manager, Evan and, she's just incredibly responsive. And if there's a problem, we take care of it. And, uh, we're, we're just kind of pride ourselves on like the speed of, of interacting with our customers and like, and like solving their problems and being totally open to whatever they need, um, as much as is possible. And so yeah. I think, I think all those things are important and there's tons of room for improvement, but, um, you know, we, we work on it every day to, to keep, all those people that you see posting, um, you know, keep them in the nomadics family and make them feel welcome here. Love it. Love it. Well, you know, again, looking in and you just, you kind of spark something there. And when someone takes a towel on a trip, right. I mean, there's, there's items that, you know, I'll go over to my parents' house and they'll be like, Oh, you know, I have that, that jacket I wore on this trip. You know, like there's this blue Patagonia windbreaker jacket that my dad's had. It's from the 80s, right? And you see it and it's like, wow, would you, would, where'd you pull that out from, you know? Mm -hmm. But as a kid, there was a picture on his desk. It was him, him and his buddy. Um, he was wearing the jacket. They're in the Grand Canyon, you know, on a hiking trip. And every time you see that jacket, kind of get taken back to that trip. You know, and whenever I see my pack that I've traveled with across the country with my buddy Drew, it takes me back to that memory, you know, and, and, and it's, it's a product like yours that really, I think does that for people where, you know, it's like, oh, I had that towel in that picture and, or I had this towel and you can kind of feel the beach that you were on or the, the, the mountain you were climbing through that product. And I don't think a lot of companies or products really do that for someone. I mean, it's a brand like yours that really kind of emulates that in every day, but you're also the very trip that started your journey into nomadics is the, the very trip that you're helping other people pursue, which is a really unique position to be in. I mean, yeah, we hope, we hope that it does. And that's, that's basically our, our mission is to enable people to, to live the, the life that they want to live through having better gear and gear that's better for the environment. And, um, so we absolutely hope that that's what we're doing is to inspire people to, to live better, to live the way they want to live, to live a more adventurous lifestyle. 
Absolutely. Um, another thing that we want to inspire people and other brands to do is be a little bit more or a lot more conscious about our interactions with the, the environment mm-hmm. um, because that's, that's so important for a company to do. It's, it's a, it's a must in our opinion. Um, so, you know, we do what, what a lot of great companies are doing now. We're part of 1% for the planet. Um, which we give to a lot of cool organizations through that. And then we are, um, we just pledged to be climate neutral and we'll become climate neutral next uh, April for Earth Day. Um, And then, you know, we do work with uh, some local organizations too. And we've we've just started to bring it in-house. So um, there's uh, the, the only organic farm, I believe, in Orange County is uh, down the street from us and, um, they have, it's not mono cropping. It's, it's lots of different types of crops and it's organic and it's a really good place for everyone to learn about, uh, agriculture. And so we just started partnering with them and all of our employees have access to farm share boxes at a, at a steep discount. So if you want, it's like part of our healthcare plan. Um, if you want to, get your farm share box every two weeks, get some fresh organic veggies from just down the street, then, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, available. And so those are, those are some other things that we want to, um, inspire people and other brands to do is, is not only to, you know, buy a quality product that they can have on their travels, but also buy it because it stands for something. And because, um, it's, it's, we want to be a company that you can feel good about buying from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it shows. And, and I think, you know, man, just awful, little off topic here, but not off topic, but the fact that you guys give farm boxes to your employees, that is the best form of healthcare in my opinion. I mean, holy crap, you're, you're literally feeding your employees better food. And, and, you know, I try and eat really healthy and, and organic and locally raised meat and the whole bit, but I don't think I've ever heard of a company doing that. So good on to you guys. And, you know, it even shows through your towel designs, right? The national park systems that you guys support and all these other, you know, organizations that you guys are going out for. It seems to me like the future is really bright for nomadics. And, you know, with that said, having on this podcast, it was, it was really great to be able to touch base and, you know, finally be able to sit down and learn more about the story and, and what you guys stand for. And, um, you know, with that said, where, where are we going with nomadics, like the next five years or so? What does the future look like? And, you know, as always, like where can people reach out and get connected with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're, over the next five years, um, we're, we're right now we're focused on growth because we are growing incredibly fast. So we are we're hiring people. We're um, dealing with, you know, more inventory and sales and, and everything than than we've ever dealt with before. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in terms of our core products that you can, you know, find it, you know, lots of stores like towels and and ponchos and stuff, we're just going to be growing, um, for the foreseeable future and continuing to improve them, continuing to make them more environmentally friendly, uh, make them higher quality. and really just stand behind our, our core values there. Um, and then, you know, in the future, once we've gotten to a certain point, once our customers 
allow it um, and want this from us, then we might expand into some other products. Um, but nothing I can I can really comment on now, um, nor are we quite there yet. Um, mm, and then we also have an exciting an exciting rebrand coming up in the spring that we're uh, we're looking forward to to sharing with with the world and with our customers. Um, so yeah, we're just we're just in growth mode and uh, and I'm happy to get more granular on any of that stuff, but it's just a it's just a, a full time job growing like we are and uh, keep building an amazing team. Um, awesome. One, if you want to get in touch with us, um, our website is nomadics.co.co. Um, and you, you can fill out the contact form. It goes to hello at nomadics.co. You can also find us on Instagram at nomadicsco. And um, we are pretty responsive. Um, you can just stop in and say hello. You can share a travel that you went on recently, um, tell us that you came from along the, along the keel and we'd be happy to chat with you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Zach, Hey, thanks for being on the show and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode of Along the Keel. It was great having Zach on the show. His love for travel and sustainability permeates throughout his brand and Nomadics has really become a force to be reckoned with in that category. So shout out to Nomadics. Thank you guys for having us on and uh, for being on the show. If you want to learn more, more about Nomadics, make sure to go over to their website, check them out on social media. Also remember to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out a ton. Check us out on alongthekeel.com and wherever you find us on social media, we are at Along the Keel. So with that, hope you guys work hard, do good, be incredible, and have an awesome day.